You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Can wealthy CEOs make America middle class? Again, several business leaders are expected to serve in key roles in President-elect Donald Trump's cabinet. Trump has picked these CEOs to run the Departments of Labor, Commerce, Treasury, the State Department, and the Small Business Administration. It's a big shift away from the approach that President Obama took with his cabinet, which largely came from academia. Are business leaders more or less qualified than those academics to steer the economy in the right direction? And do you trust CEOs to do what's best for the working and middle class in America? Donald Trump, of course, ran on the idea that he could do better by uh, people in the middle class, people in lower class uh, economic circumstances and jobs, that he could make America great again uh, by dealing more aggressively with trade deals, uh, restructuring uh, taxes uh, to let people keep more of their money. Getting rid of uh, Obamacare uh, is one of the things he says will help get the economy going. Do you trust that these folks he has uh, lined up to join his cabinet are going to do that? And it, will it make a difference for you, if you are an auto worker, for instance, uh, here in southeast Michigan, what do you expect out of the Trump administration that will make your life better or make your finances easier to deal with? And do you think that uh, these CEOs or CEOs like Donald Trump know best about how to run government? I also want to get to a broader question in this segment, which is what's the role of government? Is the role of government, is the job of government just to keep us uh, in good financial stead, or ought those concerns be balanced against the public good or public interest? We have this debate all the time in this country, and in this state, we had a really spectacular example of uh, the idea of business versus people or money versus people uh, in the Flint water crisis. Uh, Attorney General Bill Schuette when he announced uh, charges in the last few weeks of December against former Flint emergency managers, he said that this was the product of too much emphasis on money, too much emphasis on the books, not enough emphasis on people. Will that work at the national level? Is Donald Trump going to mimic that kind of emphasis on uh, dollars and cents at the expense of Regulation, for instance, which often is about protecting people. And is that okay? Do you feel like that will get the economy going in a way that we have not yet seen after the Great Recession of 2008 and 9? 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. And joining me now to talk about this are Jeff Hauser, who is the executive director of the Revolving Door Project for the Center for Economic and Policy Research. Jeff, welcome to Detroit Today. Great to be here. Yeah. And also joining us is Jarrett Skorup. He is a policy analyst at the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. Jarrett, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, let's start with you. The, The idea of CEOs in charge of the Department of Labor, for instance, or uh, the a Goldman Sachs partner, a former Goldman Sachs partner in, in charge of the Treasury, uh, Rex Tillerson, CEO of ExxonMobil. 
uh, headed to the State Department. Uh, these are different. These are different picks for sure than we have seen in recent years. Does that necessarily mean they're they're alarming picks, or are they necessarily because these are folks from the business sector? Does that make them incompatible with the goals of those departments or of of government generally? Um, I think that uh, business experience can be okay, especially if it's tethered to a history of public service and public mindedness. Uh, unfortunately, that uh, connection is lacking in almost all or all of the named people from uh, President-elect Trump so far. The Labor Secretary uh, designee, uh, Puzder, has literally talked about how he would prefer to automate all of his fast food restaurants because he thinks that people are annoying in the way they sometimes want to not be harassed at work or want safety requirements maintained or may even want to see the minimum uh, wage raised. And that's particularly ironic because the Labor Department was literally created to give working people a voice in the executive branch. Right. And Puzder is as diametrically opposed to that as one could imagine. So I think it's very alarming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jarrett Skorup, uh, the, the institution you work for, uh, believes in free markets, believes in uh, the freeing markets from regulation. It seems like Donald Trump's lining up to do that uh, with with these picks and with some of the policies that he's talking about, uh, at the same time, uh, I, I wonder though if you're you're concerned about the the qualifications here. Uh, Andrew Puzder, CEO of CKE Restaurants, uh, going to labor. Uh, Rex Tillerson, an oil executive, going to the, the Secretary of State. Are these are these the kinds of choices that that further the goals that 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 you would like to see? government pursuing? Um, yeah, they might be. Um, it's really hard to say on the larger question of whether just because somebody comes from the private sector as a CEO or a business leader means they'll be bad or good. Right. I don't think there's any evidence to suggest just coming from academia or the public sector means they're going to be better business. That means they're going to be worse. So I think the question is, what are these people going to do? What's the principles that they, they have? And then also for, for somebody like President Trump, who's, or President-elect Trump, who's coming in, who really has been all over the map on a lot of these issues, does that mean he's going to defer more to what these people believe? So is he going to care a lot more about what, what Puzner is going to do as a head of labor? Or are these people who are going to be really kind of a, um, a megaphone for what the president-elect wants to do? I think in the Obama administration, you had people on both sides of that, some that he deferred more to, and then others that they were really, you know, pushing pushing his agenda. Um, and then obviously the, the question of whether they're going to do a good job or a bad job on that, that just depends entirely on your political persuasion. Sure. Uh, Jeff and, and Jared, I'm, I'm wondering about the role of government or, or what the role of government ought to be. Uh, are, are we satisfied with the idea that the purpose of government is to get out of the way of free markets to let those markets determine what happens? Or are there other things that we need government to do? Do we need government to temper uh, the cruelty of markets, for instance, uh, or the, 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 the lack of attention to, to human, uh, more human concerns? Um, wh which, which side of the coin should we be more concerned with? Jeff, I'll start with you again. 
Well, I mean, I think that the government has uh, an incredibly important role to play in the economy because basically, to put it simply, there are two types of profits a company can make. There are profits that they create because they're genuinely innovating and making things more efficiently, and they're making lives better for consumers, and they're treating their workers well. Uh, and that sort of behavior should be encouraged. But there also is a lot of profits to be made from finding loopholes, from using political power to make money in the private sector, uh, from you know looking the other way on safety regulations or environmental regulations. And unfortunately, when you see someone like Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, who made a lot of money um, buying a failed bank and then making sure that this, they did not keep up with their legal requirements on paperwork and instead foreclosed rapidly, more rapidly than they had a legal right to do so on homeowners, that's not getting rich by being an innovator. That's being rich by being uh, very, very loophole-seeking and very private-minded. Almost and that is not the right approach we want to see uh, in the private sector or in government. Yeah. Uh, Jarrett, Scorp, go ahead. Well, I think um, certainly the you know, this is a good, this is a good test case in the last couple of years that we've had of, it's also a larger question of how should we be setting these regulations? Um, so we've seen a lot of this done by the executive and by these different departments, particularly the labor department. A lot of these under the Obama administration have been struck down by the courts. Um, some of them will stay and it'll be interesting to see what um, President-elect Trump wants to push back on in these department or cabinet heads once they get approved, if they get approved. Um, but from my standpoint, I think, uh, you know, it's, I agree to some extent, you know, business can do a good job. They can provide things that people want and need, and that's how it should work in, in a free economy. I'd be a little bit more worried about um, when businesses are using government to enrich themselves or to set rules for themselves that give them a competitive advantage, um, whether these cabinet picks are going to push back against that kind of thing, which probably happens more under commerce or labor departments than the others. Um, but I'd certainly like to see more of that happening. I, th I think government's there to provide a level, level playing field, um, clear rules that everyone should follow by. And if people break those rules, which, you know, their guess is suggesting they have, then there should be consequences for that. But I think it's also a larger question of how do we, you know, we have so many regulations being set at the administrative level um, that I, in my opinion, should be set more in the legislative by, by Congress. It'll be interesting going forward now if you, I've already, you know, I joked my, uh, you know, the, the day after the election, all of a sudden I had all these friends on the left that were really concerned about power in the executive branch. Um, so we'll see if that, I think, I said, think that'll certainly continue with President-elect Trump. And I think that'd be a good thing. Push back, give more of that power back to the Congress where you actually know these rules and laws that you're debating. Yeah. 313-577-1019 uh, is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. We're talking about uh, the effect of having lots of CEOs, people with business backgrounds uh, in powerful positions in government. President-elect Donald Trump, of course, has nominated lots of people from the business sector to be in charge of uh, departments like labor and commerce, the SBA, Treasury, and state. What effect will this have on the economy? How will this affect people's personal finances? And what will it do to the kinds of protections that government is likely uh, to now back away from uh, as regulation is 
undone under a Trump administration. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. Uh, you can also go to Facebook to the WDET page there. Put your comments uh, there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Mark on Facebook says, I have faith that they will do everything they can to increase their corporate bottom lines and inflate their stock portfolios. They'll do this at the expense of the poor and the middle class. The incoming administration will be the most corrupt in our history. James on Facebook says, all the people who thought this was a good idea are about to have an awakening. It won't be pretty for any of us except the wealthy. Keith on Facebook says, of course I don't trust them. Look at how well it has worked here in Michigan. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. Let's go to Paul. Paul in Pontiac. Welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, gentlemen. Yes. So you do not hire the fox to guard the hen house (laughs) because there's an inherent built-in trait that says, I'm going to do this because this is what I do. I don't see how they can turn off the fact that, oh, well, this would benefit me or this company or industry that I'm involved with, so I'll do that. And it might not benefit me today, but they'll remember that when I'm no longer in this position, and then I'll get my my just due. Yeah. Uh, Paul, great point. Uh, Thank you very much for calling and making it. Uh, Jared Skorup, that's one of the dimensions here that I think a lot of people are are concerned with, uh, with the incoming administration this idea of conflicts of interest, right? Uh, that that you mm-hmm. come from, uh, you come from an industry that stands to gain uh, from uh, from government policy that 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 could be tilted in one direction or another. Uh, are you there in that role then to uh, to make sure that government works the way it should, or are you there trying to you know pad the nest uh, that you're going to hop into after you're in government? Those concerns are heightened, I think, just naturally when you're talking about taking people from business uh, and putting them in government in a way that they don't arise as as sort of sharply when you're talking about people who are either you know longtime government uh, in, employees or or academics. Maybe I mean I don't know I mean if if I think certainly. People coming in the Obama administration had personal opinions, and if you, you could say that they came in and they came in and they wanted to enrich labor unions with labor laws because as payback for election or something, maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't. Um, I think it's a you know an assumption, quite an assumption to make that they're intrinsically coming in with that as their focus. It, it's a it's a danger, but that's a danger for anybody coming in, regardless on whatever side of the spectrum they they are. I, you could also make the case that, but you, you don't know, think that personal. Labor, you don't think that personal interest is different from ideological belief, for instance. It, it might be, but I just don't know that there's any evidence of that. I could also make the case that you know maybe somebody's coming in and they are they're already so independently wealthy that they don't they don't really care anymore about you know trying to personally enrich themselves. But I mean, every, look, people get personally enriched through government service all the time at many levels, particularly. In the federal level, I mean, you you see that you know just track what has happened with people that that serve in past administrations. They go on to make a lot of money as lobbyists. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily good or bad. They're they're getting hired because they've had those skills and working in that area. I'm just making the point that you know it's an assumption to say that okay, Andy Puzner is going to come into labor 
and he wants to enrich his companies, you know, you could, I could also say that he also knows how, how things work in the business world. And so he's seen a lot of problems with current regulations and mandates, and he wants to try and solve those. Same thing I said before, it just depends on your political perspective. We should be judging these based on whether they're good policies, not individually. But I mean, I'm not going to jump in and assume that just because um, they're a business person that they're naturally going to be worse than somebody that was, you know, a politician or administrator. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hauser, executive director of the Revolving Door Project at the Center for Economic and Policy Research. What do you think about this idea of conflicts of interest, how they get raised uh, in in the context of, uh, you know, business people taking on government roles? I think that um, they can be troubling in two different ways. One is the direct conflict of interest. And there, I think the, the greatest example that's gotten too little attention is this famous uh, billionaire investor named Carl Icahn, who has already bragged about the fact that he went from Trump's victory party on November 8th to make trades in the market and made about a half billion dollars that night and has since been announced as a senior advisor to the Trump administration on deregulation, but that he is not going to become a government employee, so that he will be able to, while giving advice at the senior most level of the administration, he will be allowed to make stock and other trades that obviously are going to be influenced by the the, uh, information he gains as a senior advisor in the administration. So those are direct conflicts of interest, which I think are um, obviously enormously worrisome. And you also have Trump family itself, which has businesses which are doing much better since the election, uh, hotels which are becoming the go-to spots for uh, Middle Eastern uh, principalities to send their diplomats to, um, you know, New Deals in Indonesia and in Turkey and across the globe. So there's the self-enrichment. But then there's also just the more ideological capture that in Puzder at Labor, you have somebody who has literally been subjected to wage and hour uh, discipline, that his companies have not paid their workers for all the hours that they worked. And he is now in charge of a division, which is supposed to make sure that workers do get paid. And that's just, it's just very weird to go from being the regulated to the regulator, and I think it's just hard to imagine that he can completely flip his perspective 180 degrees and be a protector after he's been the person that you needed protection from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to Ed in Detroit. Ed, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, as usual, you, you come up with timely uh, conversations. <laughs> well, I appreciate um, that, Ed. <laughs> I think most of us realize that there are important differences between public organizations i.e. government agencies and, 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 and uh, government-created entities, and private organizations. And often when we think of business people uh, joining government, we imagine them to be the people who come from investor-owned companies, like the people who are executives at GM or Ford, uh, or ExxonMobil, for that matter. Uh-huh. We rarely think about what our lack of other definition, we'll call a sole proprietorship uh, major executive. Mr. Trump is that example. Essentially, he and maybe other members of his family are the only owners of the Trump organization. There's a certain kind of freedom that they have in how they do business that, frankly, the chairwoman at General Motors does not have. Sure. 
Very different. Those of us in Detroit, we know that the boards at the big three have from time to time fired CEOs and presidents. And, and, and while they may not have done it as often as we want it, they did it, and it's a certain kind of discipline there. And I'm worried. I have few worries about an executive who comes from an executive organization, uh, an executive, uh, uh, an investor-owned organization, and is able to recognize that when you go from working for the company to the government, you're now working for a new master sure. called the public, and you're there to serve the public interest. That's a that's a I really, have more worries about yeah. people like Mr. Trump. That's a really interesting distinction. Um, it's not one that I would have uh, that I that would have leapt into my mind. I think unless you had uh, had brought it up uh, Ed, uh, quickly before I get to break, uh, Jarrett Scorp, uh, react to what 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 Ed is saying there. I think that's interesting. Could be true, but I mean, regardless of whether somebody is the head of a, a public or more of that. Uh, well, you know, publicly traded or pu- private, they still have to create a product that people want if they want to make money and stay in business. So, you know, it's not like there's no pressure just because you're somebody that's working for a, a private, totally private, not publicly traded. Um, but, you know, I think looking at some of these, most of the picks, they, they are working for um, publicly traded companies, but they certainly know how to navigate that. And maybe that'll help them in, in this new role that they have to navigate those types of personalities like yeah. a board. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hauser, go ahead. Um, I think it's a great point, and I think it's part of why I'm so particularly concerned about Steve Mnuchin for the Treasury Secretary, because he comes out of hedge funds, and hedge funds are very, very different than a a Ford or a GM, that it's a consumer-facing brand that is uh, publicly traded. Mm -hmm. Very many fewer rules very less sense of operating within restrictions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you often hear uh, people from the business sector who wind up in government expressing frustration about those differences, that, that, that the free hand that they're used to in the private sector doesn't always uh, present itself in the public sector. Uh, all right, uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about the advantages and drawbacks of CEOs leading the country's economy. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Nanette in Oak Park, Carrie in Detroit, we'll get to you. Stay with us on Detroit today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for being here. My guests are Jeff Hauser, Executive Director of the Revolving Door Project for the Center for Economic and Policy Research. Also with me is Jarrett Skorup. He's a policy analyst for the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. We're talking about uh, the number of CEOs, the number of private sector uh, people with uh, private sector backgrounds who are joining the Trump administration. Departments of Labor, Commerce, the Small Business Association, Treasury, Department of State, all in line to be run by former CEOs or people with significant business experience and very little, if any, government experience. What effect is that going to have on the economy? What effect is that going to have on people's pocketbooks? 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313 577 1019. You can also go to Facebook, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today 
try to work your comments into the conversation. Mateo on Facebook says, our current political environment doesn't allow for compromise and working in the middle. Government can learn from business and business can learn from government, all for the good of the people. But only if the good of the people in the short and long term remains the focus. Gregory on Facebook says, I think we should give them a chance. President Obama ran on the slogan of change. It's comical to me that the same people who supported that change for the last eight years won't give our new president a chance at change from the normal. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. 313-577-1019. Let's go to Nanette in Oak Park. Welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, hi. Uh, I just wanted to say, um, I also think we should just give them a chance. I, 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 I'm excited. I've never, I, I've never seen this many CEOs uh, be part of the government. I, I do know as a, 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 you know, a small business owner that in business you just have to have that optimism in order to make things work. Um, I read something recently uh, with uh, Mark Dayton in, in Minnesota. Um, he was a billionaire, and he was a governor, um, or if, he, if he still is a governor yeah. in Minnesota. And he, I mean, I, I mean, I, I see good things and I see bad things. I'm just, I'm, uh, it could go either way, but I, I can't say it's completely bad. As long as, just like uh, the other person that commented on Facebook, as long as the good of the people is the focus, um, hopefully these guys will turn out a good product. Yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping um, for the best. Oh, okay. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And I appreciate that, Nanette. I appreciate the call as well. Uh, Jeff Hauser of uh, the Center for Economic and Policy Research. What? How do you? How do you assure that uh, what Greg on, uh, or I'm sorry, what Mateo on Facebook and uh, what Nanette there in Oak Park are saying? How do you assure that uh, the good of the people sort of takes center? Is that up to? That always up to the person in charge, or are there are other ways that uh, that we can make sure that that is the focus, no matter who is in uh, in these roles. I, I think it takes uh, a robust uh, public discourse, and this show is an example of of people talking from all different perspectives, and that's good. I, I think that so long as we're having a public conversation in which people can agree on the same set of facts, and they may draw different conclusions because people have different worldviews. I think so long as there's public scrutiny and attention to actual facts, uh, we can influence the process and uh, steer it uh, back in the right direction if and when it goes uh, in the wrong direction. Um, I get more worried when, I, when there are people who are kind of siloed off in, uh, on their Facebook feed with only people who agree with them. <laughs> right. We see a lot of that. There's no question about it. Uh, Jared Scorp of uh, uh, the Mackinac Center, I wonder... Uh, if you can talk about the things that might worry you about uh, the people that we're seeing um, uh, in line for these for these jobs, what's the worst case scenario in your in your view? Well, the worst case is that they're so um, you know that a lot of them have such long term connections to Trump that they're coming in kind of as friends or that he knows them from other things, and then they're just going to kind of do whatever he says rather than what they're supposed to do, what the jobs are as their cabinet position. Um, Now, on the other hand, that could be a good case for having somebody that's a CEO or a business leader, just in the sense that my biggest worry of a Trump administration is that regardless of what you think of him, he's been all over the map on different policies. Um, For a lot of these major industries that the cabinet picks are going to be overseen, they're worried. Uncertainty is a big worry for them. So you don't want 
kind of haphazard different, you know, select deals happening, a different a change from the executive office constantly all the time. We saw that some example with that carrier deal in Indiana. Sure. I don't think that's a good way to run a business in- environment where you're just kind of going in and doing all, all these random things based on what uh, President-elect Trump thinks. So if you have a good CEO that hopefully they can, you know, they're used to dealing with people like that and maintaining a steady course. So you'd hope they'd be able to push back on that. But the, you know, the danger that you talk about would be that they do the opposite and, and that you have over the next four years, this kind of haphazard way that we're overseeing the economy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, quickly go to Carrie. Carrie, I've got about uh, 30 seconds left, but I want to make sure I got you on the show. Hi, Stephen. Happy yes. New Year. It's Terry. Oh, um, Terry. Hey, how are you? <laughs> good, good. Look, um, I think that everyone who gets to this level of government comes to it with some life experience, uh, whether it was private, private or public sector. The fundamental disconcerting point about so many business people is that business is different than governing. I've done both. And um, there's a different focus, a different set of priorities. And we're going to need some exceptionally talented people to um, change the way they operate in order to be successful at government. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Terry, that's going to have to be the last word. I appreciate the call. As always, Jeff Hauser, Jarrett Scorup, thank you for being here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having us. All right. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. I'll see you tomorrow.